0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Jesus' gift of salvation is almost too easy to comprehend. People always want to add something to it because it's hard to grasp the depth of such a gift given to such unworthy people. In today's update, Pastor J.D. reminds us that we're saved by grace and not by works. Jesus paid it all, period. Salvation is yours for the taking. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 6th, 2020.
1: With Joseph there are two dreams with two elements, the cup and the bread. We affectionately refer to them as the uh, baker and the butler, the cupbearer. Well, that's the cup and the bread. That's communion, the two elements, the bread and the cup. With Jesus there are two elements at the Last Supper, the cup and the bread. Joseph tells them he's done nothing to be put in the dungeon. Pilate tells them Jesus has done nothing to be put on the cross. Joseph prophetically reveals a seven-year famine. Jesus is prophetically revealed in the seven-year tribulation. Now this is where it gets interesting. Joseph, and this is in Genesis 41-45, pre-famine takes an Egyptian bride. He takes an Egyptian bride before the seven-year famine, and so too will Jesus take his Gentile bride before the seven-year tribulation. Born sons come to Joseph before the seven-year famine. Born again sons of God come to Jesus before the seven-year tribulation. Joseph went from the dungeon to the throne. Jesus went from the tomb to the throne. Joseph was thirty years of age when he began his work. Jesus was thirty years of age when he began his public ministry. Joseph was the only bread of life source for the world physically. Jesus is the only source for the bread of life For the world spiritually. All who came to Joseph would live and not die. All who call upon Jesus will be saved and not perish. Joseph's brothers come to him in the midst of the famine. Israel comes to Jesus, their true Messiah, in the midst of the tribulation. Ten brothers are brought to Joseph for provision. Ten Commandments bring us to Jesus for justification. Joseph's brothers, when saved, bow down to him. Israel, Jesus' brothers, will be saved and bow down to him. Joseph's brothers are released from prison on the third day. The Jews will be restored on the third day. I need to maybe expound on this one a little bit. This is more typology. You know where Peter says that a day to the Lord is like 1,000 years for us. And again, the rising again on the third day. Well, there's a prophecy in Hosea, it's chapter 6 verse 2, where the prophet says that Israel will be restored on the third day, rise again on the third day. What does that mean? Oh, 2,000 years, two days. But on the third day, the morning of the third day, they will be restored and brought back to life. That is a picture of Israel. And let me parenthetically say at this juncture, this is very important. One of the reasons that People get in trouble with the interpretation of scripture, specifically as it relates to a pre tribulation rapture, is they muddy the waters, they blur the line between the church and Israel. And if you start messing with that, you're going to get in trouble. You can't do that. God has a plan for the Jew, God is not through with the Jew. And by the way, you don't want him to be through with the Jew. You know why? Because he has a covenant with the Jew. So what? Well, he has a covenant with me and you too. I know that's not proper English. Don't email me. If God has a covenant with the Jew, and he does, and God's through with the Jew, then might I ask you, how secure are you? Get it? God's not through with the Jew. And that's an Arab telling it that, by the way. God has a plan for His people. And once the church is removed, God shifts the entirety of His focus to the nation of Israel, the restoration of Israel, the salvation of Israel, which is the purpose of the tribulation. Come on, you guys know this. The purpose of the tribulation for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Everybody now. (laughs) The purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Here's a question for anyone who wants to take issue with the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture. What would be the purpose of the bride of Jesus Christ? To enter in and go through the seven year tribulation. Oh, I can answer that. Okay, go ahead. Here's your answer. You know what your answer is? Well, we have to purify ourselves and improve ourselves. Wait, 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 wait. What? You just said it's by works. You just moved from grace to works. You better rip Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 out of your Bible. And while you're at it, you better rip large portions of your Bible out of your Bible. I don't mean to. Too late. (laughs) Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We're saved by grace. Through faith not of works, lest any man should boast. Can you imagine? I, I'm boasting about how I made it through the seven-year tribulation. Whoa, and I'm not worthy. That's works. Oh, you earned it, did ya? Ah, I might as well. T- Lord, let my words be seasoned with grace. Have you heard about the partial rapture theory? Here's what the partial rapture theory is. That only those that are on fire for the Lord, walking close to the Lord, are going to be taken up in the rapture by the Lord. Really? Wait, let me, just give me a second on that one. (laughs) That means that I have to earn it then. That's works again. Now you're saying that there's something I have to do. No, no, there's not. It's already been done. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're gonna see this here in a moment. It is finished. Period. Not comma. It's finished. It's done. It's a done deal. Oh, it's done? Yeah. Nothing I have to do? No, it's done. It's finished. You're saved by grace. Not grace and not grace plus. No, you're saved by grace. Period. I you know okay, one last thing and then we'll move on. I gotta be careful with how many last things, but um but I, I just wanna say to my brother and sister in Christ who doesn't believe that the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation, you're going to be raptured prior to the seven-year tribulation, whether you like it or not. Yeah, but I don't think it's at the beginning of the, you know, if I was God, which is why I'm not, <laughs> and thank God I'm not God, and thank God you're not God either. Because I would say, oh, you don't believe in a seven-year pre-tribulation rapture? Okay. You want to go through the tribulation? All right, go ahead, go ahead. I need to repent don't I? After that, <laughs> we better move on here. Of Joseph Reuben says, his blood is now required of us. Of Jesus they said, let his blood be upon us. Joseph wept over his brothers. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Joseph's brothers delay in coming to him. Israel delays in coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Joseph was offered gifts of spices and myrrh. Jesus was offered gold, spices, and myrrh. Joseph desired to break bread with his brothers in his home. Jesus fervently desires to break bread with us in his kingdom. Eleven of Joseph's brothers were innocent of betraying him at his table. 11 of Jesus' disciples were innocent of betraying Him at His table. In the end, Joseph is revealed to his brothers. So too, in the end, Jesus will reveal Himself to Israel. They were dismayed when they looked at Him. Israel will mourn when they look upon Him. Joseph was sent to Egypt to save jesus was sent to the world to save israel believed and said of joseph it is enough to all who believe jesus said it is finished and lastly israel said my son is yet alive they said jesus the son is alive The reason I wanted to go through these with you is because it's just really, really cool. Well, that's not the only reason, but isn't that amazing? Actually, the reason I wanted to go through all of this is because the seven-year famine prophetically parallels the seven-year tribulation. If you'll hang in there with me, I'll expound on this and explain this. When you see all the conditions for the seven year tribulation happening now prior to the seven year tribulation, is that not an indication of just how close we are? We're already seeing the beginning of this hyperinflation. We're already seeing this controlled demolition collapsing of the global economy to bring in the one world, economy and government, cashless. I truly believe with all my heart that the trigger is just about to be pulled. And this by virtue of the fact that the aforementioned COVID explosives are in place. This was planned many, many years ago. We've been talking about this for the better part of this year about how this is all scripted it's all planned and we have forensic evidence that proves it this was a deliberate agenda and plan to completely collapse world governments and economies and not only that in addition to collapsing the economies of the world and the governments of the world, it's also going to unite the religions of the world. As the online member said it, I believe they've blown the monetary bubble as big as they can and COVID is the pin to pop it. You'll forgive my use of a sports metaphor, but We're not in the final seconds of the game anymore, nor are we in overtime anymore. We're in sudden death. You know what that means? The next score ends the game. It's game over. I believe this created crisis is that. And it may be that which ushers in the Antichrist and with him The dawn of the new age. Why do you say it like that, Pastor? For a reason. I'll explain why. It's the age of Aquarius. The new age. The golden dawn. The dawn of the new age. The great awakening into the light. Out of the darkness, into the light. It's a false light. It's a Luciferian light, which is what Lucifer means, by the way. Light bearer. It's a false light. He appears as an angel of light. And when he appears in the form of the Antichrist, he will possess this man. Satan will possess this man, the Antichrist. Satan himself, not demons. He will be satanically possessed. You have to understand that Satan has always desired to be worshipped, right? From the beginning. That's his sole goal, is to be worshipped. And so there is this, I'm going to call it a new age, although it's been around for a while, but it's, it's kind of, how do I say it? It's been repackaged, for lack of a better way of saying it the new age, the new dawn of a new age, a new beginning, a great awakening into the light out of the darkness, order out of chaos. You can call it whatever you want, put whatever label on it you want. It's all the same thing. The great reset, the great awakening, they're all the same. But it's the great deception yesterday as I was preparing, praying, studying, researching, I happened upon a writing by Alice Bailey. I don't know if you've heard of her or not. She's been referred to as the mother of the New Age movements. She wrote a book, The Reappearance of the Christ. Here's a quote, listen to this, some hard blow or some difficult presentation of the truth is badly needed if the Christian world is to be awakened. And if Christian people are to recognize their place, listen to this, within a worldwide global Divine relation and see Christ as representing all the faiths and taking his rightful place as world teacher. He is the world teacher and not a Christian teacher. Oh, some blow. Some hard, it's going to take some hard blow for Christians to realize that Jesus is not a Christian teacher, I guess. He's not a Christian teacher, he's a world teacher. Well, I suppose the question becomes, what is this hard blow that you're referring to? Well, we need to look no further than to what she writes as she continues, quote, They come in times of crisis. They frequently create crisis in order to bring an end to the old and the undesirable and make way for new and more suitable forms for the evolving life of God imminent in nature. They come when evil is rampant. This is the reason, if for no other, an avatar, I'd encourage you to look up the definition of avatar, may be looked for today. The necessary stage is set, I'm going to add up, set up for the reappearance of the Christ. Wow. Okay, this is wrong on every level. (laughs) We have a huge problem here. The problem is this New Age Christ is the false Christ, the Antichrist, and not Jesus Christ. And this Great Awakening, or Great Reset, or whatever you want to call it, is actually The great deception that brings about the great tribulation. I was thinking about this this last week. It's actually been on my mind for a number of weeks now. When you talk about the signs of the end, a lot of things come to mind. Of course, Israel's rebirth as a nation, certainly at the top of the list earthquakes, increasing in frequency and intensity. I mean, we have our list, right, of all the signs. And usually it's taken from Matthew 24, when Jesus was asked, what will be the signs of the end and, the, and your return? And then Jesus answers them, and He says there's going to be famines and pestilence and wars and rumors of wars and, and nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be ethnic uprisings, racial uprisings and wars. There's going to be earthquakes in different places, and these are just going to be like birth pains that come in greater frequency, greater intensity. So we're, we're all familiar with those signs. But do you know what he said first before he said all of that? He said these words, Let no man deceive you. <laughs> Many Christ's, false Christ's are going to come. Don't be deceived. Think this through with me. Wouldn't it stand a reason that one of the number one signs of the end would be deception? And who's the target of that deception? Think about this. It's not the world. They're already deceived. Wait a minute. If it's not the world, then me? Yeah, you. We, the Christians, chiefly are the ones that are going to be deceived. Question, have you noticed that there are no books by these Luciferians? And these are Luciferians. There are no books about the reappearance of Muhammad. There are no books about the reappearance of Buddha. Why is it always about Jesus Christ? I have another question, if you don't mind. Why is it that every time we curse, we take the name of my Lord and Savior, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know what I want to do? I want to be an equal opportunity blasphemer. Next time I hit my thumb with a hammer, I'm going to say, Ah, Muhammad! Ah! That doesn't work. Why doesn't that work? Because Muhammad is a false prophet.
0: The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible, and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast east Prophecy Updates, He's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor JD tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us.